Pilgrims had come to celebrate Pentecost, which is the thanksgiving of the first fruit and grain. It was also a time of remembrance, remembrance that Moses was given the law at Sinai. Jews came from different lands to celebrate these events. On the day of Pentecost, the disciples were together in Jerusalem, as Jesus had instructed. A violent wind rushed through the house and blew them outside. Tongues of fire appeared and rested on them. The spirit had arrived. There was such a disturbance, a crowd of people formed, wondering what was happening. In the midst of the crowd, Galileans began to speak, for they were filled with the Spirit. The Galileans began to proclaim the wonderful deeds God had done. The Jewish bystanders did not believe what they were hearing. The Judeans in their own dialect could understand what the Galileans were saying. Some were amazed and others perplexed, but what they all knew was these events had never occurred before. Peter seized the opportunity to preach, retelling the prophecy of Joel. People reminds the people that Joel had said that God would pour out God's spirit on all flesh. Joel did not specify what group of people. I imagine the word flesh was purposeful to not designate what type of person or people. There would be no barriers such as language, ability, sex, age, gender expression, or color. They would all be filled with the spirit without exception. It was an inclusive outpouring, not an exclusive one. Those filled with the Holy Spirit were becoming a new type of community, a community filled with diversity, a radically inclusive community. All of the people had become disciples called to tell the good news of God and God's actions. May 25th will mark a year since George Floyd was murdered by a police officer. Mr. Floyd was a 46-year-old African-American man. George Floyd went to a convenience store and tried to pass a counterfeit $20 bill. The police were called. While handcuffed, Mr. Floyd told officers he could not get into the squad car because he was claustrophobic and suffered from anxiety. George Floyd pleaded over and over again not to be put back in the car. But they saw Mr. Floyd's actions as resisting arrest. Please, I'm a good guy, Floyd told them. Floyd was subsequently subdued and put face down on the pavement. Officer Derek Chauvin then put his knee on George Floyd's neck for nine minutes and 29 seconds. As Floyd struggled to breathe, he called out, 
for his mother. While George Floyd was dying, Alicia Oliver stood across the street, taping the encounter on her phone. Alicia later said, the police are always bothering us. On the stand, Darnella Frazier told the jury that she stays up at night apologizing and apologizing to George Floyd. She and her nine-year-old cousin were walking to the convenience store. When Darnella realized how scared and frightened George Floyd was, she pushed her cousin into the convenience store. Ms. Frazier caught footage that later went viral and caused the event to be seen around the world. An off-duty firefighter, Genevieve Hansen, told the court she saw what had happened. Because she was medically trained, she repeatedly asked to check Mr. Floyd's pulse. Ms. Hansen was told by one of the officers that she should know better than to get involved. Genevieve Hansen called 911 and told the dispatcher she had witnessed the police doing nothing to help a man in trouble. Later, she said, we're lucky it was videotaped. Jean Scurry, an emergency dispatcher, thought her screen had frozen because Officer Chauvin kept his foot on George Floyd's neck for so long. The dispatcher said her instincts told her something was wrong. Christopher Martin, who first called the police on George Floyd, says he frequently cries and is full of guilt because he believes he caused George Floyd's death. Chief Ariando, knowing and remembering his training, understood that putting your knee on a person's neck was not what they had been taught as a police officer. Chief Ariando told the jury, it's not part of our teaching, and it's certainly not part of our ethics. Charles McMillan a bystander who was horrified by the events, just said, what I saw was wrong. Not knowing what to do, Donald McWilliams, another bystander said, he called the police on the police. The truth of that day rose from the midst of the people the wind that rushed were the winds of justice. The tongues that spoke were whispers of truth. The people who spoke the truth about the events that transpired that led to George Floyd's death remind me of the beginning of the church, how there was unity and individuals willing to do the right thing. I believe the Holy Spirit was at work and Alicia Oliver, Darnella Frazier, Genevieve Hansen, Jean Scurry, Christopher Martin, Chief Ariando, Charles McMillan. This is what discipleship looks like. 
telling the truth about injustice, standing up for the victim, and not backing down. As an African-American woman, the anniversary of George Floyd's death struck me. Uh, as I was imagining what my Pentecost sermon would be, it was a holy event full with voices of strangers that rose up from George Floyd, rose up because they felt like they had to do it. They were compelled to do it. For me, I see all of this as a spirit being upon them. I also thought about the time when the police rushed in to a friend's house because the alarm went off. The officers opened the door and rushed in with guns. I was pushed down and had a gun pointed at me. I had never been so afraid in my life. I knew I was the only person of color, which meant if anybody was going to be shot, it probably was me. It's a feeling that I never will forget. The rush of adrenaline, the fear, the thoughts of what I hadn't done in my life, my family, and my friends. So when it was time for the trial, I watched nervously, wondering if Officer Chauvin would be found guilty of all the charges against him. A lot of my non-Black friends said things like, don't worry, we all know he's guilty. Others said, he's going to jail. And others said, the truth will come out. Honestly, I did not believe them. What they were saying did not resonate with me. I couldn't tell them as a black person, there is never an absolute justice. I wanted to tell them that daily I fear that I will be on the wrong side of things. Being black means you don't always get justice. As a black person, I also know some people do not care if you get justice. When the testimony was heard, the jury deliberated and a guilty verdict was given Hope sprang eternal. It sprung in me, hoping that the pattern of police murdering black people would stop, or at least slow down. Hoping that parents did not have their children and talk to them about the talk that all black parents say. The talk that tells us that we will often be the target of something or someone that is angry. We are told, especially our boys, to put your hands on the steering wheel. Don't move. Be respectful of the officer. And if you do those things, you should be safe. 
unfortunately, these actions no longer keep black people safe. In my heart of hearts, I just knew that the world needed a change. During the proceedings of George Floyd's murder, a funeral was held for Dante Wright, a 20-year-old black motorist who was shot during a traffic stop in Brooklyn Center, just a few miles from the courthouse where George Floyd's case was being held. Dante Wright was killed by a police officer who mistook her gun for her taser. For as much hope as I had, I was thrust back to the reality, the injustice that black people face in a white world. I am optimistic that things have the potential to change, but that is all I have is optimism. I hope and I pray all things will train. I hope that I will be with a group of people who are able to sing in the choir of truth. To have truth be spoken because there is no other thing to do. To ride the, the winds of truth and justice. As an African-American, sometimes optimism is scary. Scary because optimism often can put you in a dangerous situation. We must always be guarded and never relax when we are in different situations. I hearken back to Gianna Floyd, who when asked what she would remember about her father, Gianna said, I will remember that my daddy changed the world. To hear the cries of ancestors who suffered centuries of injustice, George Floyd is a beacon of hope. He is a storm that has and will continue to change the world. And I know for all that, he will never be forgotten. Thank you, George Floyd, for letting me believe things can be better. Amen.